Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Welcome to Multifamily Investing Made Simple, the podcast where we take the complexity out of real estate so you can get started investing today. Uh, This is our under 10 minutes segment, and today we're going to be discussing the nuances of property management. Third party versus in-house, what can you do from a property management perspective to grow the business and help your tenants? We're going to dive into all these things. Anthony, property management, where do we start? The biggest one's probably third party versus in-house, right? Yeah, That's I think we, our, I th- our thing. Exactly. Let's let's start at the very top fifty thousand foot view and, and and bucket this into two categories. When you're looking at an apartment syndication as a passive investor, your operators are going to fall into one of two categories. Either they're going to outsource the property management to a third party company or they're going to have built their own in-house property management team. And when that occurs, we refer to that as being vertically integrated. Now, that's the path that we chose at Invictus Capital. We built out the property management company in-house so that we have leasing agents, we have property managers, maintenance. We take care of all of that. Let's first talk about the more common path, though, which is outsourcing it to third party. Why would somebody choose that, Dan? Uh, what are the benefits? What are the, what are the cons? Well, I mean, the whole HR component of any business is probably uh, one of the more frustrating things to develop uh, in-house. Uh, going through hiring people is tough. Uh, it's tough to find talent, especially on the maintenance side of things. Uh, I'll tell you from personal experience, hiring uh, qualified property managers has been much easier than uh, hiring qualified and good uh, maintenance staff. Um, for whatever reason, that skill set is really tough to get uh, talented people for right now. I think there's just way more work to be done than there is talent out there. And so it makes it pretty tough. So I think the biggest deterrent is uh, you have to go out and hire people in line with your acquisitions. And that could be limiting. Uh, it's not easy to hire people. And uh, you're not able to just throw on you know, large portfolios uh, willy-nilly if you don't already have that staffing there. So that it can put some constraints on you with how quickly you can grow. It gives you this whole HR component to your business that a lot of people aren't really chomping at the bit to, to have to deal with. And so there's a lot of things that say, hey, third party, they've already got the HR thing component done. They've hired the people. All I need to do is pay them and they'll do it better than me. Right. It seems like that would be much easier. Yeah. And it makes sense too, because one of the, one of the strengths is as an operator, you can scale much faster. If you have a property management company that that's all they do, you just hire them out and they execute that for you. So all you need to worry about is going out and acquiring the properties, managing it from a high asset level, and then raising the capital. And then it enables you to go and invest geographically in very diverse markets. So if I wanted to, Mm -hmm. if I was outsourcing my property management, I could go invest in Atlanta and Austin 
but because we're vertically integrated and we we're kind of tied in locally to the markets where we have a physical presence. So that's right now the twin cities, maybe at some point we expand into other markets, but it definitely puts a cap on how quickly you can, you can expand with that said, what are the, what are the negatives? What are the cons associated with outsourcing and why specifically did we choose to keep it in-house? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we're control freaks for the most part. So the <laughs> yep. thought of somebody else uh, being in control of our assets is a very scary proposition. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, that is uh, one of the the trade-offs. And for certain personality types, that could be uh, fine. They don't mind handing off control. They might even prefer to hand off control of that that segment of the business because it's not their 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 uh, strongest uh, skill set. It's not something they enjoy or or are very good at. So there might be some people that enjoy handing uh, the baton to somebody else and letting them run with the property management uh, responsibilities. Uh, With Anthony and myself and our personalities, we very much would prefer to uh, keep that responsibility, even though it's more work, uh, because it gives us a greater control over how our business plan is executed at the ground level. Uh, it's not like playing telephone where we tell a third party what our business plan is and then they tell the on-site staff. And then by the time the message gets delivered, it's, you know, you might not be getting exactly what you asked for. Uh, and then the big one is the cost. Uh, if you're going to a third party property management company, you're paying retail prices for this, uh, for this service. And when you do it in-house effectively and keep a lean operation, you know, keep your headcount, uh, appropriate for how many assets you have, uh, you can get wholesale prices. And so instead of paying an effective property management rate on, you know, let's say you've got a 50 unit apartment building you wanted to use a third party for, uh, they might say they're going to charge six, five, six, maybe 7% on the high end. But then when it comes down to it, when you get all the lease up fees and all the other, you know, expenses, your effective rate at the end of the year is probably going to be over 10%. Do that in-house. If you do it the right way, you can keep that sub 5%. Uh, and that, that just allows you to be, yeah. yeah, that much more competitive on your asking price, better returns mm-hmm. back to the investors then. And at the end of the day, you guys have heard me say this before, you know, the difference between a million dollar idea and a million dollars is $1 million worth of execution. So at the end of the day, the people that are on the ground executing the business plan, they are the most important people in the entire equation because without them, the plan doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what numbers you projected if you can't actually execute it on the day-to-day level. And so that's why property management is so important. And for us, our thesis has always been whoever's closest to the consumer wins. And our consumer is both our investors, but also our residents. And by being closest to them, we can do some really interesting things. Let's say like in the time of COVID, where suddenly there's a lot of stress in the system, people are out of work. And when you're out of work, you're not making money, people don't make great decisions. They start to get the blinders on and they go into tunnel tunnel view or tunnel vision mode, right? And so what we can do is we can, because we see that, because we're boots on the ground, we can take a proactive approach to reaching out to them, to working with them one-on-one to say, here's the options of payment plans, or here's different agencies in the community that can help you subsidize your rent. And so we can present those. Whereas if it's a property management company doing it on our behalf, well, they're going to be doing that on the behalf of all of their companies as well, all of their um, customers. And so you might not be getting the best customer service that you would expect if you were doing it yourself. And so there's this inherent principal agent problem, which is you're relying on them to do the work for you, but they're never going to care as much as you do because it's your baby, it's your project. And so we just overcame that by saying, let's do the hard work of building this company ourselves so that downstream, as things come up, we're always in a better position to pivot and adapt and overcome. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that principal agent concept that you brought up there is a key one, and that's that's one thing that really turned me off of third party initially because I did use third party management for about nine months on my very first property uh, when I found out in real time that it just wasn't a fit for my personality, and one of the big pieces of that uh, uh, decision was the fact that at the end of the day, the property management company I was using was fiscally incentivized to, uh, for me to have higher turnover, right? They got mm-hmm. a commission every time they leased up a unit. So they weren't really incentivized to bring in the highest quality people and keep them there for several years. Uh, the more units they turned over, the more money they made. And so there was this big kind of misalignment there where they're getting paid more uh, even if my property is not being run well. Uh, so that's one thing we wanted to try to get out of the equation. And from, you know, the perspective of our investors, it really helps the story a lot because the guys who are equity owners of the property with you are the ones who are managing the property. And to what Anthony just made the point about there, no one's going to care about these assets as much as we are and our investors are. And in this case, we are the property management. So that property management firm is 100% aligned with all of the other investors in the deal. And Mm -hmm. you get much less of a conflict of interest type of situation. Absolutely. So that is property management in a nutshell, both third party, the pros and cons versus in-house. There is no right or wrong answer. Again, it comes down to the personal, you know, taste um, and what what your your grand goals are. So as you're working with operators, if you're looking to passively invest, this is a really important question to understand how they view property management and get, get inside information into how their brain works. So hopefully this was helpful to you guys. We'll catch you next week. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.